Yo, yo, what's up, my people? Welcome back for another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast, pre-draft hype, pre-draft episode. Uh, me and the homie Drake recording on a Tuesday night, 48 hours before the draft. Drake, how you feeling, bro? Draft-wise, I'm feeling great, bro. Um, I actually, I know I didn't talk to you before the episode, but I wanted to fit this in here. Um, you know, over the weekend, Saturday night, I uh, lost my friend. Um, got I just want to dedicate this episode to him, man. Um, you know, my birthday's coming up. So, you know, just the gift of life, you know, the fact that, you know, me and you are able to hop on this podcast and be able to shoot, you know, week by week, day by day, you know, it's just a blessing. So, um, yeah, man, I just, I wanted to dedicate this episode to him. Long live Dan D-Way. I love you, boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I'm sorry to hear that. And, Certainly, you know, my condolences, you know, for you and his family and his loved ones. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. And absolutely, you know, this show can be dedicated to him and, uh, you know, just uh, do the best that we can to express the love that we have for this team to maximize the value of life. That's so precious, man. So 100%. Hey, I love your response. Let's get it, bro. Thank you, man. Well, uh, yeah, you know, so – being pre-draft, we're 48 hours out. I mean, to be straight up, what time is it? It's 12.30 a.m. Guys, I'm sorry. I've been battling annoying-ass sinuses this past couple days, and it's 12.30, so it's kind of late. I'm a little tired. The voice may sound a little bit somber, a little bit raspy. It's, what, 44 hours, maybe 47 till we pick because, dude, you know, now I'm thinking about it. This is about to be the case for the next 15 years. <laughs> like, we're just going to wait around, bored as fuck, all night. You know, yeah. but you know what, bro? Like, we think back to the 2020 draft. I mean, we all knew, obviously, all along it was Joe. But after it happened, like, at least for me, I don't know about everybody else. I did not give a single fuck what else happened that night. I was just so hyper-focused, taking it all in, that our franchise, the city was changed forever. Yeah. For some people that I've told, they knew how I stood on the pre-draft process for Joe. You know what? I don't want to go on a soapbox, but I do want to say this. Like, I, I've never uh, mentioned this on the podcast. Like, Joe Burrow... I was obsessed with him in October of 2019. After he beat Alabama, I was completely sold. I was already sold on him before. Yeah. Um, Texas win, um, um, Auburn win. Then you go against Alabama, Tua, you go toe-to-toe, you outplay him. And the composure, everything of what we know so well of Joe today, that's led us to where we've gone, was the product at LSU. And I was just like, this kid is going to change Cincinnati forever. And I remember the moment when we were ass and I was like, holy shit, wait a second. It just week after week, you kept seeing Joe Burrow stock go up, Bengals stock draft pick go higher to the first pick. Right. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, we may get him. And, dude, I just won't forget the moment, man. Like, I had a Joe Burrow shirt made. Uh, it's some piece of shit shirt, but I have it, and it's a prized possession of mine called It's Joe Time. Um, I made some stupid shit on it. And, um, you know, just for myself, you know, because I, I got that shit before Christmas. I wore it on Christmas in 2019 uh, for the championship game, the playoff game. I remember my uncle telling me, you know, the Jalen Hurts versus Joe Burrow matchup. You know, oh man, I'm sold on this Jalen Hurts kid. You see him, blah, 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 bro. I got so pissed, like passionate more so, really. And I was like, I fucking promise you, in minutes, you will recognize who the fuck you want. Joe Burrow proceeded to throw eight touchdowns in the game, six in the first fucking half for 350 yards. And like, bro, I mean, do you remember that game? That Oklahoma game, like, I mean, and, and I just remember his face. That's the epitome of what Joe has been, you know, like this entire process. And 
the pre-draft process, you know, was super exciting for me. And um, sorry, I went on the soapbox for so long, but no, I actually, yeah, I, uh, it was like, I think they were probably seven games through that that national championship year when I, I started to fall in love with them. I actually, you know, the first game of that year. Um, I don't know if you remember her. She used to be a beat reporter for the Bengals, uh, Kat Terrell. Yeah. She really left the Bengals um, that, you know, that year when mm. it was a championship year. So, yeah, had her notifications on and I'm, you know, I'm seeing nothing but Joe Burrow through my timeline. And it was, like I said, it was, you know, game seven, you know, once I started really fall in love with him. And then, like you said, once it got to the end, end of the year, then thinking like, wow, we actually have a chance to get this guy. When I watched, when I watched his interviews, when I watched, um, you know, just his Heisman speech and stuff like that, I knew he was different. I knew a lot of people. You're, you're gonna have that that kind of uh, hate, you know, when you're coming out, especially in regards to being a first overall pick, right? You know, people are gonna say bust or or you know, boom, like boomer bust, whatever. So. I, I knew that was going to happen, but it was just like when I watched this dude, watched the interviews, the like you said, the pre-draft process, you just knew this guy was him. I mean, you, and respectively, you know, you had the, the Justin Herberts and Tua's and, you know, for years on end, probably for two, three years, the consensus in mock drafts was that the Bengals were going to get either Herbert or Tua. And then this guy, Joe Burrow, comes out of nowhere and – saves the city of Cincinnati like a superhero. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and T Higgins, e- you know, even that, that entire Joe Burrow draft class, like that is going to be one of the biggest reasons why this team was the most successful team in Bengals history, because it all started with that foundation. It started with Joe Burrow T. Higgins, Logan Wilson, you know, all these guys that they just absolutely hit on. And you even heard, you know, Zach Taylor say, like, dude, we were sitting there for 28 picks or so before we got Logan. And, you know, we're biting the bullet because we we did not think that that guy's even going to be there when it you know gets to us. So that that's, yeah. that's amazing. That that was the most amazing draft, you know, I've seen. Quick thing, Zach said they may have they were considering taking him at thirty three. Yeah, because they were convicted he was going to go in the second round. Yep, yep, I saw that. Yep, it's crazy, bro. Well, well, that's a dope story. Yeah, so you know, and and I'm sure for you know multiple of you listeners, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, they, they probably thought the same thing. You know, similar things with Joe. You know, however much y'all focus on college football. Me personally, I don't focus much at all. I'm Thanks. just, yeah, head down, everything Bengals centric during that fall season. I don't give a fuck. So, I, I yeah, I mean, off, but like, yeah, like I'm the same way. Um, with like college football, I'm never, I'm never really in it until like maybe it's like the playoffs or maybe mm-hmm. draft, like literally around draft. It, exactly. I, it's like, okay, yeah, how can, how, you know, can I build from your, you know, your players, college football into what I really care about the Bengals. That's pretty much it. It's like, okay, I have to care now. Yeah. That's (laughs) when it happens. And, you know, of course, you know, quality players reside in college football, but you know, we're just busy with that. It's the fact, you know, you got these powerhouse, you know, schools like OSU and whatnot. And yeah, they're going to, you're, you're going to have the cool, you know, you know divisional games are i don't even know how to put that put that into words right for mm-hmm. but uh yeah like you you have these big games every so often but then you know most of the games are just these you know low tier teams where are just blowing them out and it's mm-hmm. like i'm not trying to watch that we all know yep. that game that you know if osu's the the one seed coming in the year they're probably not losing a game right like i mean give or take uh-huh. Yep, exactly bro like i always make the joke i'm like i'm sorry i don't want to watch ohio state play alcorn state and beat them 69 to 3 right like and look obviously that don't happen every week and like you said bro there's lots of good games that go on and i like some of those games you know right. but overall man it's like whatever but my, uh oh, my grandpa freaking loves the xfl 
I mean, he, he hell yeah. He's always trying to tell. Me. He's like, he's like, you watching the XFL, man? I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm not really watching it. But I was over there the other day. I was at you know my grandparents, and he had XFL on, and he was like, you know, you're probably gonna know a lot of these players. And actually, it was funny enough that I saw I saw a lot of players. I saw Puka. I saw. Was Patrick and Puka took a big return off, so I was like that's wow. pretty cool, dude. That is dope, man. Like I, I want to watch the XFL. Like I really want to, and and I love, I fucking love how they set up the season, bro. AJ I mean, and six touchdowns, baby, four hundred passing yards. Backup quarterback? Question mark. AJ, AJ MVP, Heron. What I put something like that. Yeah, I mean that'd be dope as fuck. So. How cool is that, man? Like, I'm just so glad. I'm so glad that this is really sticking, bro. Like, I, like, because I don't know how much you've paid attention to the last handful of years, you know, of these leagues, the XFL, the USFL. They they tried to get it up and going, but it just didn't stick. This one is absolutely sticking. Like, no, I think it's going to stick. I think it's definitely going to build, too. You know, especially if great one day – you know, one day they get a, a guy like, I don't know, Johnny Manziel or something just to sell tickets. I mean, that's mm-hmm. big for them. So, yeah, I know I was something like, oh, is Zach Wilson going to be in the XFL before the season's over? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Damn, excuse me. I'm yawning hella right now. Um, Yeah, I saw a funny that ghetto Gronk post that said, where's Zach Wilson going? And it's like XFL. <laughs> Bro, there was like a meme on the Ghetto Grok. What did you see it where um it was like uh you know Zach Wilson pulling up to Aaron Rodgers? Oh yeah, <laughs> so funny, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, that's just gonna be interesting. Like I saw a tweet today. It was like Jets for hard knocks or we riot. Like yep. you gotta see how that transpires. And um yeah, bros, TBD. You know, super interesting. But um you know one thing I want to mention. Um, I don't know how much ego is behind this comment for me, and I certainly don't like much, but kind of going back with the excitement, exhilaration, just, you know, ecstasy-filled moments leading up to the draft of Joe Burrow. Like, I remember uh, my roommate, he had a couple friends over, and this was like probably, I don't know, leading up to the draft a few weeks before. And... um Obviously, whatever tangent I was on, probably looking up Joe Burrow content. Oh yeah, no, nah, it was um they we were on YouTube on my TV and they look at the history and literally every single thing is Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow highlights, Joe Burrow interview, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow like everything. And they were like, "What is up with you and this guy?" And I'm wearing the shirt and all my Bengals gear, and I'm like, "You don't get it, do you?" I'm like, dude, this dude's gonna change Cincinnati forever. Like, he's not just going to make this team good. No, this is not just a first-round pick. Like, this dude is going to change this city forever. That's what's so beautiful, bro. It's like all the diehard fans like me, you, Zim, I think, you know, even – and you can tell when you're, you know, you're on social media and you're interacting with these individuals. Like, shout-out to Diddy, shout-out to uh, Meg – Bengals maniac, um, you know, just a lot of these people that are diehards. We all knew that Joe Burrow was going to change this city and this franchise for fifteen or twenty years. You know, even with the the Tom Brady comparisons, e- even if you want to get out of your way and say it's not even possible, you got to look at it in the fact of someone changing in it entire city and entire like fan base and that that's the mm-hmm. Burrow effect and like i said we all knew that was gonna happen like you said you knew it i knew it i literally knew it like before we drafted i'm like this dude is gonna us uh, super bowls we don't we don't have any super bowls and this is gonna be the guy this is gonna be the guy yup absolutely bro absolutely and yeah, man. I mean, it, it's it's amazing to see it come to fruition like it has. And and like I said, you know, there's an egotistical part of me that's glad that that's the case because, I, you know, to a lot of uh, outsiders, as, you know, no worries. I never took their opinions personal. They probably surely thought I was crazy, you know, because a <laughs> lot of them would ask, you know, like, well, what if we don't draft them? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, 
right. we're getting them. Like it's inevitable. Like there's literally no planet that we draft them. If our Chase Young was coming to Cincinnati, if, bro, listen, my roommate was a Steelers fan, so it, bro, it was not fun. And uh, his bitch ass friends were Steelers fans too. And I love my roommate; he's my homie, my my fucking brother. But like, <laughs> yeah, there's hella Steelers fans, and like, you know, so you dealt with that, and it, it's it's just great, man, to see how this all came to fruition. But you know what? We've had a lot of reminiscent talk, some fun reminiscent talk. You know, guys, as we were talking about these moments on, you know, the lead up to Joe Burrow, hopefully you thought of some of the, you know, euphoric pre-draft Joe Burrow memories that you guys had. You know, and and it makes it even better now seeing on how things have became now with the Joe Burrow, with the T. Higgins, with the Logan Wilson era, you know, and I mean – I think I about the Jamar Chase pick. Like, that's such an underrated one because of how um, quickly removed the Joe Burrow's year draft was. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jamar, dude, like, this sounds crazy. You know what it was, bro. You know. Remember? It was the it was the orange shoes. It was the orange shoes, Jamar Chase. yes. Yes, bro. All right, Jamar's dad said that was coincidence. Are you sure about that? I don't You're know. sure about that? I know, bro. When I saw them shoes, I'm like, stop. It's done. I'm like, it's done, bro. We're doing it. Oh, man, I won't forget when the Dolphins traded out of that pick. And, bro, another subtle flex here. That was in uh February. All right. They did, didn't they? I totally. They did. They were at three. They traded out. To uh, to 49ers, and I made this fucking post that blew up on Instagram, and it was the funny dude like laughing, getting out of the car, or like getting in the car, or some shit like that, like laughing at the bank type shit. And the caption was something along the lines of, "The league really allowing the Bengals to draft Jamar Chase because the Dolphins just traded out. Like you were the only threat to us taking a receiver." I remember that, bro, because I literally wanted Jamar Chase, and they freaking did that. I remember. Bro, I, I I will tell you, bro. Like, I was confident that the Falcons were going to get pits, and but yeah. that those minutes leading up, bro, I had real anxiety. I was like, nah. No, no way they're taking Jamar. They're not doing it. They're going to take the safe route and get Pitts. And just when they said Kyle Pitts, bro, I was so relieved. I was like, oh, my God, bro. Why would the league do this? Ain't this ain't this amazing? Like, we're going to look back after the bowls that we've acquired. And, like, we've talked about many times, bro. And what a lot of, you know, the people listening think, how can the league let us get away with this? <laughs> like they're going to pay. Like yeah. we're gonna win bowls because of this. You fucked around. <laughs> of course, no. Joe tore his knee, and we weren't good. That's on us. But we led to get the fifth overall pick, and we got Jamar Chase. That's like that's like what I DM'd you, and I told you I was like, you know, I could definitely see in a world where Jamar, uh, Justin Jefferson, and uh, Joe all play together, right? But. The fact of the matter is, you know how in fantasy football, you know, you want to make a trade and your commissioner overrules it. I feel yeah. like what would happen? I feel like even if the team accepted the deal, they would the commissioner would overrule it. He would say that the, the clock ran out or something because they they would not be able to stop us. I mean, even nah. with Higgins, even with T Higgins, I feel like it's like so hard to stop us. And like, that's it. But wait, what do you mean, bro? Aaron Rappaport announced last night that JJ is a Bengal. <laughs> nah, <laughs> bro, I made that. It, dude, the the effort I put into that that shit post was crazy. I mean, I I dedicated like twenty twenty five minutes just to that one dumbass tweet. It literally looks real. Um, you know everything of it, the format, the layout. But, bro, it. We're not even going to go down the rabbit hole, but I think it's fun to at least bring up here for shits and giggles. Me, my homie Brady, and uh, 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 I think someone else is in there. I forget, but we were talking about um, how that could happen. And listen, I don't know if y'all remember or saw the shit post. Oh, yeah. 
all you guys that are listening, you saw my story last night. You probably remember the package offer. The Bengals send the Vikings a 2023 and 2024 first. Tyler Boyd and B.J. Hill for Justin Jefferson. I'm actually thinking that's kind of much. Like, they probably don't need to send that much for a wide receiver. But y'all got to think about this. There's literally nobody in that franchise that they are getting rid of over J.J. So you'd have to send him the house. You know what I'm saying? So you send, you would send an aging Tyler Boyd. Yes, we want him. Yes, you know, we love Tyler Boyd and everything he's done. But that's expendable. B.J. Hill costs you $10 million. That's expendable. He he did not have that good of a year last year. Heading into next offseason, he'd have one year left, and you may be looking to get out of that deal because you got contingency plans in Cam Sample, Zach Carter, who give you most things of what B.J. gives you right now. So you're looking to save money on the defensive line that's already having a lot of money allocated to it? Get rid of B.J. Hill. You're concerned about paying receivers? Offload Tyler Boyd, cut Joe Mixon, trade Jonah Williams, maybe cut Lael if you draft a rookie tackle. And I was saying you would need to pay two offensive linemen. You're paying for real, real money. I mean, Ted, fortunately, in my opinion, you could keep him, but it would be you pay Orlando, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, all their two spots you got to fill in a draft. You uh, probably draft a corner. You do you know, probably let Cheeto walk, which would suck, but got a luxury there. Bro, you cut Joe Mixon, draft a running back. You get a rookie tackle. You keep Cordell or get a rookie guard. You get a rookie tight end. You offload those contracts. Bro, the Bengals could pay Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and T. Higgins. I'm telling you, they could do it. Will it happen? No, it never will. But I was hyping myself up to a delusional level last night. Me and my home, we went through the entire roster on how we would build it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm a fucking break into the FO. Sadly, probably get arrested. Uh, I would, well, I definitely would after I do this. I'd hold hostage all the decision makers. I'd take their fax machine, their old ass fax machine, their email list, whatever. And I'm executing that deal. I'm getting the deal done. And they will not be able to overturn it. Wow, that's could you imagine? Like that sounds like something I mean, hey, that actually no. happened. It, like, it, that's that's what I'm saying. Like you trade the first. Oh dude. my god, is this Bengals a holic? Not Chiefs a holic, but Bengals. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, listen. Man. If if it calls for the betterment of this football team, I'm doing it. I'm kidding. Obviously, I never would. And. Like I said, what sucks is that this shit makes sense, bro. Like, you offload 10.1 straight up, 12.7 cap hit of Joe Mixon, 12.7 cap hit of Jonah Williams. You cut L. Bro, that is 30 up to $34 million of dollars given out this year. Like, straight up cap, that's $29 million. And then not only that, $29 million, you add a $9 million with trade in TB. That is $38 million. You get rid of the $9.5 million cap hit with BJ. That is $48 million, bro. You just freed up there. All right, guys. Feel free at this time. This is not a paid sponsorship. But you can unfollow Bengals Things and follow <laughs> Bengals Drake. Thank you. Have a nice day. We are here to push <laughs> agendas, okay? That's all we're here to do. I'm kidding. That's crazy. What a what a great sponsor. This is the time to unfollow and unsubscribe from the episode as we are delivering you shit content. <laughs> this is the definition of shit posting. And what's going to make it even worse is that I'm going to push the narrative and I'm not going to give it up. Every time I see JJ content, I'm going to comment bangle. 
Bengal. Bro. And I'm going to just wait for 2029 when that- he fucking gets off his mega deal. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go get a ring with the boys. And I'm going to still tweet the same shit, the same meme, the same tweet. And I'm going to be like, you're just eight years late, bro. I've no, been on this. This, 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 that's funny what you said. I've never heard someone say, I'm going to go in, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get arrested, but <laughs> walking out with the deal, I'm going to hold the front office hostage and I'm going to make that trade. Why? I, I mean, they just obviously have to have just such good security, right? Like police supplies and everything. So. Certainly. Hey, man, you work in security. You can help loophole some oh. of this shit for me, right? I'm kidding. Oh, oh we got to oh, we gotta get off here and talk privately. <laughs> Ridiculous stuff, man. Yeah, so that's my stupid ass uh, fiasco. Long story short, Justin Jefferson is a bangle. So... You know, be happy, guys. You know, I made this happen for you. We have JJ now. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy, man. But, yeah, so, you know, beyond Justin Jefferson, certainly not being a Bengal for the foreseeable future. Um, it's got to happen, though, right? It, it does, bro. It does. Like, stars align. It, maybe, you know, because I – you know me, bro, and and certainly you as well. You know, and I like all fans to to add, uh, you know, fandom, their hope, and of course, reality. The reality is, I, I it's unlikely, but bro, I'm agreeing with you. You, it's not just the stars align, foo foo type thing either. It's like, look, this connection, this was just this was not some ordinary connection they had. I mean, they cooperated towards the greatest offense the college football league has ever seen. And if you get that trio together, like even at 30 years old, right? You still, like at 30, I mean, Jamar's still going to be a top five receiver, at least. I think, assuming generally clean bill of health, you know, XYZ, um, and same with JJ, bro. JJ's 20, 24. <laughs> He's a kid. He's a baby, bro. Like, hey, yo, JJ, you just finished that fucking six year, $155 million deal. Okay. You ready to go have some fun now? You know, it's like, let's see. Let's see. So, if, we, if we're talking about the NFL script, right, we would think that <laughs> 10 years from 2019, when the, Tigers won the national championship. So give it about to 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. From then, from the national championship. So we're talking about what, 2026? Or wait, I, I'm tripping. 2029. So no. six years to go. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe JJ out there, you know, and like you said, 30 years old. So that, that kind of that kind of lines up, you know. Holy shit, bro, we're almost halfway there. I th- We're I th- literally almost halfway there to get JJ. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the JJ Cotlet. We'll be there in six years. It's gonna be funny though if that news does break and we, you know, we're hopping back on this podcast. And we're like, man, remember ten years ago, you know? Dude, I'm pulling up this exact clip, and, <laughs> and when someone else does it and not me, I'm gonna flex the clip even more because yep. I came up with the idea and I didn't have to do it. So I'd be like, I, you know. I'm a magician. Yeah. Like, look what we did. Houdini, like Ludini. <laughs> For sure, man. It 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 would be dope. It'd be crazy. And um They gotta like this episode. I mean, we <laughs> we brought in the reminiscing times of Fuck yeah. Mr. Joe B. And then now we're getting on a little tangent. And I really like I, said, I think it's gonna happen one, one. At point, even if it's for a couple of years. I just yep. think NFL at some point. When they get past their, you know, Mahomes fetish, uh, I think, yeah. I think that they're gonna be like, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to see this uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, exactly, bro. And like to the degree of success that this nucleus has, I mean, we're talking, bro. This has never happened in the history of football. We're like, talking 
NFL gods are going to Dude, yes, legends. I mean, you talking about a top 10 list in 2045, 2050. These guys, like I said, assuming generally clean bill of health, and you get 10, 12, 13, 14 years solid production out of these guys, you're talking all these dudes are on top 10 all time. I, I pray, man, that their health sustains for real because, like, yeah, I mm-hmm. agree with you. And you, you saw that talent in college, right? And I think what's so awesome about their connection, they all blew up at the same time. So I hate the narrative of people saying, well, Joe Burrow's so good because he's had, you know, he's got Jamar Chase. Bro, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase literally blew up together. Jamar Chase didn't come in there and put up 1,500 yards while Joe Burrow threw 18 touchdowns and five picks. No, it's mm-hmm. not. They both came up together. I think people need to realize that. And like Zim's push, too. Y'all had a chance to draft T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Like, Tyler Boyd, let, let's not forget this is a dude that – what after year two he was having such bad drop issues that the fan base was talking about cutting him i still remember yep, like yep. And now we're talking you know now we're talking a few years later and, and tb's putting up a thousand yards and perennial now, best slot receiver in football did what did he didn't drop a pass in like 180 targets i think game one set or something like that mm-hmm. like crazy yep yeah exactly bro i mean and hushmanzada Seventh round pick, two sixteen overall. Amazing. Sad second round. You know, I mean, many guys, bro. It's like that shit. I, I've never paid that a single time a day because <laughs> I mean, anybody that's living on that, I, I, I just don't care. So, I mean, I'm glad I definitely don't hear that bullshit. But <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, it it, it would be crazy. You know, to wrap up that point, it would be incredible. And I think it's absolutely on the table for the future. Like yeah. I said, because it, it the pipe dream in and of itself of adding, you know, this nucleus because they played in college, the weight and how real it is, is just because of how great they all are. Like, this is not some cute love story. Like, hey, for fun. Bring in Jordan Palmer because his brother's the starter. No, like we're talking. I mean, oh yeah, this trio was the greatest trio that college football has ever seen, and it's going to translate to the league, even at even in twenty twenty nine. So, to finish up the point, Justin Jefferson in twenty twenty nine, you are a Bengal. Confirmed here first on All Things Bengals podcast. That's dude. That's the fucking tweet. When it happens in twenty twenty nine, one hundred April, we are gonna say we literally reported this in twenty twenty three. We gotta save the episode too. We <laughs> that's so fucking funny, man. Well, hey, you know, uh, there's some prospects that we may draft. You know, coming up here. So, dude, um, really? Wait, yeah. Draft like in forty eight hours or like less than or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, have you heard anything about that? Are there any players that you've heard of? You know, like maybe, you know, this <laughs> thing I haven't really paid attention. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, so based on what I heard today, uh, I mean, this is obviously smokescreen season, so I wouldn't even believe really anything right now. But you know, you got to think there is some kind of weight to it. Um, I think the Bengals at 28, if they have the possibility to do so, um, depending on their draft board, I think they would like a running back or offensive line there. I think we've talked about this a lot, too. That seems like it would be ideal for you know one of those two positions to go early. I know a lot of people in the fan base feel as if you can draft a running back later, but I do know, you know if you want one of these guys, you're going to have to take them. I'm not even for sure right now. It, it seems unlikely at this point that guys like Jameer Gibbs and Bijan are even going to be available at 28. Um, I just like I think I think a lot of people became too woke to Jameer Gibbs here lately. I think mm-hmm. if if we were stuck, you know, sorry about that. If we were stuck like cool. three weeks ago and froze time and then you know now we're here at the nfl draft i think you have a chance to get him but i Mm. think i think 
I just it's gonna be hard for them to to get him. If he falls into their lap, you have to take Jameer Gibbs, right? But at the same time, there's gonna be a lot of guys. I think Edge is, you know, a guy that we could have drafted last year was George Karloflis, but you know, he got taken. So it was, you know, before us, so it was something okay, now we got Dax Hill, best player on our board. Let's take him. I think George Karloffelis could have been that pick that year. So maybe they do look at an edge, you know, if a guy drops. Because, you know, if a you know Jameer Gibbs, Bijan, Michael Mayer, all these guys are gone, that means somebody had to slip, right? Based on how mock drafts are going and everything like that especially, it would it would seem like someone had to have fell to us at 28. So... I mean, depending on what position it is, I don't know, right? I don't think any of us know right now. And I think that's what's so great about this year's draft, right? It's going to be like a complete mystery. We talked about it last week. You know, we were we were kind of in on a guy like Cam Taylor Britt, right? And you, you didn't expect Daxil to be there. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't. So you, you get a guy in, in Dax Hill. And, I mean, last year's draft was, was pretty interesting. But I think this year is going to be – even more <laughs> question marks wise, because right. Like you, you're talking about, okay, you can go running back and O line the first two rounds. Right. But you also could go D line O line first two rounds, or you could go uh, D line wide receiver, like get crazy. Like the Bengals are such a question mark. And like Duke Tobin said, they're going to take the best player available no matter who it is there, right? And I'm not saying a a JSN is going to fall to us. He's obviously going to get picked for us. But if something like that happens, you got to wonder, like, are the Bengals going to do their due diligence and really think about that? Because, you know, know, we're living in an age now where you see the NFL drafts year by year. You know, guys that are projected to day two guys will get drafted first day. So I think there's going to probably be some – some crazy stuff that happens like every year, but man, it's going to be an interesting draft, especially picking at 28, the back end. It, it is, man. And um, yeah, that that's really interesting. You know, with, with some of the chirps that you've heard, you know, regarding Michael Mayer in particular, tied in a running back. Um, look, bro. I, I feel that if Michael Mayer's there, it's not a guarantee that he's the pick. And looking at it in the scope that the Bengals do, I believe that it's at every team until that first team takes that hit or that second team plucks the guy, everybody is having a standoff to wait as long as possible for this tight end value to drop, to wait. Just like the running back market, or the running back picks, I should say, in you know, in the draft. There's so many guys. They're going to try to push them down. If you can afford or you're willing to take a gamble to wait on a dude, I think they're going to be willing to take it. That may be at the tight end position. And. And you know we're in a we're in a situation too, right? Where we we traded up in the second round last year, so it's it's not out of the question that yeah they could pass up on a Michael Mayer, right? And revisit it on day two, see if they can move up at a time in which they feel like okay, this is valuable for us. We want to move up. And we also get our guys. So I think there's definitely a chance there. It all depends on how the tight ends are falling, right? Like, if we're here at pick 25 and no tight ends have been taken, then you got to assume that there's going to be a run on tight ends in day two, but you got to assume that majority of the tight ends are going to fall in the second round, right? By the end of that, mm-hmm. you, like I said, if you're by pick, even pick 27, you know, not even us. And, you haven't had a tight end picked. I think that's going to be interesting. But at the same time, I don't know how this draft's going to fall, bro. Like tight ends might get <laughs> drafted early, top 
mean, <clears throat> I mean, then you might not have a tight end picked at all. You've seen with running that. Mm-hmm. I don't yep. know the draft is going to go this year. Yep. And I, I mean, D-line and O-line, right? I mean, you got all these O-line prospects that are projected to go early. Like, some of those guys are going to have to fall down some boards, right? Or it, it's yep. really exactly man and and that's what's so cool you know like you said it's like bro we don't know like obviously y'all know where we stand with the cornerback early shit and why you know and and that's why we have not talked cornerback early and i'm standing on that like, i'm gonna go puke real quick yeah, it's like, bro, I mean, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> I'm so tired of it. It's, it's just that it's why, why they're talking about it, you know, and it's a difference in philosophy. That's fine. But um, I, I love Emmanuel Forbes as a prospect. I don't want him to be a Bengal, period. So, yeah, man, it's it's TBD. I mean, it's just so fun. You know, you got the tight ends, you got the cornerbacks, you got the tackles who could be there. Anton Harrison, Dewan Jones, could Darnell Wright possibly fall? Are I mean, not kind of locked in as the best right tackle in the draft. Does Jameer Gibbs seem the best value? You know, or do you choose to go Emmanuel Forbes or Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, like? I think those are some of the names, you know, that if they are there, or like a Lucas Van Ness, maybe a Brian Breesey, defensive lineman, you know, an edge, you know, it's so many directions, bro. So many. Now, I want to ask you a question. I know it's off topic a little bit, but it also correlates to like the draft and offensive linemen. So, you know, obviously recently Lyle Collins was interviewed. And, um, you know, he says he's in the best shape, right, that, you know, he's been in, in a while and that he feels better than what he did last offseason coming in. In your opinion, do you think a guy coming off an injury like that, right, trying to protect his spot on the roster, do you think that's, you know, more more so talk for, you know, protection? Do you think that, like, that's – him being honest, kind of like a mix of both. Mm-hmm. What What do you think? Because I know, I know the Bengals have to be tempted, right, at some point to draft a tackle. You know, at that right, uh, yeah. They They've been. I feel like that's been one of their detriments for a long time, right? Like obviously we had Jonah Williams, the average left tackle for you know super long, you know for a minute. But I think the 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 thing that's been kind of a weak point for so long is that right tackle spot you know whether it's a aging Andre Smith over there or a Bobby Hart or you know just anyone so yeah I feel like you you have to really look at the possibilities of taking an offensive lineman but I also have a lot of faith in the recovery for Lyle like I think I think he is being honest but I also feel like it's a little mix of both because like man I... yeah th- that's what it is it- it's a little mix of both you know there I-, I think in my opinion a lot of it comes down to you know uh perspective and how one per- i mean how one chooses to explain conceptually of right. things to to the you know um the interviewer uh people interviewing and stuff you know it's like in with conceptually, it's just the concept of give them what they want to hear and not at a delusional level. You know, like L is where he's at. You know, that's authentic. Yes. And obviously, we're not saying anything's fraudulent and fake with what he's saying. Right. But I mean, there's some things that obviously are TBD, you know, and yeah, he says he's in a good spot and, and you love to hear that. It's just you got a golden opportunity to level up if you want, you know, and and that's really all that you can have with it right now. You know, it's TBD, you know, where the L is at, and that's just kind of the luxury you have right now to where because you have a guy like that, you got bodies in there, what we've been talking about. Yeah. You don't have to take one around one. You don't have I, to take one around two. 
I just, I also wonder, bro, like, is Lyle the type of guy where, like, you know, we do draft a guy, right? Is Lyle a guy where, you know, he does want to win so much that he's willing to play that backup, you know, swing tackle type role? Like, that that's one thing I'm, I wonder, especially, you know, getting up there in age. I just, I feel like if, if you're really trying to win, right, that's, that's what it takes, so. Yeah, man, I think that would be awesome. You know, if you had a guy like that, especially when you're talking about this and you have a rookie come in and, you know, start to show flashes, I would love to have a guy like Lyle. And that's not disrespect. That's just, like, love. Like, I, I, I still I, I tell people, and a lot of people are not on the train of believing in it, but I think Lyle's going to have a great recovery, and I think he's going to come back and be able to play football at just as good of a level as he did last year. And he, he came on late in the season, right? Like, he struggled at the beginning of the year, and he started to feel himself. Like you said in podcast prior, like, he's not going to be that, you know, side-to-side guy that's going to be able to move crazy. But downhill, he's going to move guys out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. When, Still. We're, when we're talking about now we got Orlando Brown and Lyle, that offers a lot to you in the run game. And I think Orlando Brown pointing out that Cordell Bolson is the biggest left guard he's ever played with is interesting. I didn't even know. I looked up the size um, for guards that you know Orlando's played it you know with. Bro, Cordell's like a monster compared. To, I did not know Cordell was six foot six, three. Yeah, bro, he's the tallest guard in football. Really? Yeah, he's the tallest guard. That's so interesting. Yeah, I, I think, bro, I think he's going to be a dog, too. He's got it all written on him. I mean, that, that Yeah, you, you certainly hope, you know, he cements himself with that, with some progress and stuff growing. But, yeah, man, I mean, I've got a lot of optimism with Cordell. But, yeah, bro, I mean, with LaL, I think that's all that you can ask for right now, you know, is optimism. Hey, I'm getting right, I'm getting healthy, and I'm going to be ready to go to compete to win. That's all. I think that's all you can give. So kudos to him. You know, it's an expert. It's a professional move, a veteran move, um, a simple one and an effective one. So, you know, I just continue, um, you know, just shedding anything on that, giving him and the audience this. It's, you know, just be prepared. You know, like you, Lael, you better be ready to compete. And audience, y'all listening, I mean, Lael could be gone. You know, he could be one of the guys that are cut on cut down days, you know, so it it, it is TBD, man. And, you know, that could, man, it, it just comes back to this macro point. Really, the the main point we could make, you know, for this episode is enjoy the ride, man, because it's about to be one yeah. in this draft. Like, we do not know. I mean, we could talk all day on why we think it should be, you know, a tackle or why they should take a risk and maybe take a Kalijah Kansi who's got infamously short arms. Or, you know, maybe another defensive tackle if the value's there. Cornerback, if what we don't want, whatever. Running back, I mean, that, that I think that'd be the funnest. Like, Jameer Gibbs may be the funnest pick in the first round for me. 100%. And definitely for you. But, yeah, man, just buckle up. Enjoy the ride, y'all, in 46, 45, whatever, how many hours? A lot. Speaking of hours, it's very late. So um, I would like to wrap this episode up soon. Um, but, yeah, man, it's just it's going to be a fun-ass time. I can't wait. Whew, you better wake up because you know who got a fifth-year option today. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, bro, some people, like, were asking concerning questions, like, yeah, I do Black, wanna... guys. It, it's just it's the process. Like that's how it has to go. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what a lot of people need to pay attention to, and I, I had a lot of people reach out today asking me about, you know, kind of what it is, right? I know and I know people know what the fifth year option is, they're just kind of trying to get a better understanding. So with the fifth year option, it comes with, you know, first round picks. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson got his fifth round option today worse yeah right mm-hmm. so, so all these first rounders it, it's not surprising 
that these guys get their fifth year options. And I think it's it's smart um, for both sides. It's smart for the organization. It's 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 beneficial for the players. Like first of all, all that money is guaranteed, right? But then at the same time, when you're talking about a fifth year option, when you're talking about a Joe Burrow, um, a guy that's gonna get a massive extension, right? For this year, right? So we got Joe Burrow on the rookie contract this year and then the fifth year option after, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, you get Joe Burrow cheap for two years. Two more years, exactly. Before you have to pay him a massive extension. I know a lot of people are wondering about the fifth year option number. I don't know who to credit. I saw it like all over Twitter, um, but that like people were predicting that I guess that fifth year option is going to be probably $29.5 million. And that is one hell of a bargain when you're talking about Joe Burrow making $50 million a year here, right? Soon. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think it's smart. I think getting that fifth year option is, is smart. You, you're, you're going to be able to, in my opinion, next year, right? Now, now a lot of people are freaking out about how we're going to be able to extend a guy like DJ Reader Cheeto. This offers you that flexibility where you have an extra 20, 25, 30 million to really spend against that cap. On a Justin Jefferson. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, bro. And um, yeah, that's the great situation of this. You know, as a lot of people thought, um, that as soon as an extension occurs, that those dollars are just stapled uh, APY into his pocket today. No, no, no. It's a gradual thing. Joe Burrow can be extended tomorrow, and that fat, fat, fat cap hit of 40 mil is not going to happen until uh, 2025? Wait. Yeah, yeah. 2025. Yeah, 2025, and then you can consolidate that cap to how you want. Bro, like, not to get distracted with Jets talk. I mean, I guess that is pretty crazy. Like, I mean, you know, for that deal to finally happen. Did y'all fucking see what they did with that money? I did not. Bro, they converted. What did they extension? Bro, nope. Same deal. He signed the extension last year, so he's got two years left on his deal. Bro. They converted $48 million into a signing bonus or roster bonus. They created $45 million in cap space today. They straight up gave him the bag on site. Here you go. So, like, can the Bengals afford to do that in the future? Yeah, they could. Should they? TBD, but let me tell you right now, I'm bro. How dreamy of a scenario would it to be? It's 2025, and it's as prime as it has been, you know, for them to add as much talent as possible, maximize a window, and uh, my alarm went off. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, all right, cool. Yeah, my alarm and shit uh, fucked me up, but. Um, bro, you get that notification saying the Bengals converted uh, Joe Burrow's contract into a roster bonus and add $29 million in cap space. All of this shit we're stressed about right now, bro, literally yep. out the window. That, Lit- literally out the window. Cap space is uh, – I think cap space is we all should know now, you know, when the Rams went through their phase – I think the cap space is really just a myth, right? Well, I I would actually rebut against this a bit. It's not a myth. It is what you make it. It's like not to get philosophical. It's kind of like the concept of we all have 24 hours. And people would look at the life of, you know, a LeBron James or, uh, you know, an extremely high achiever. And they'd think, oh, my God, their hours just must operate differently. Nuh-uh. An hour's an hour, bro. The cap is the cap is the cap. 
you do what you want with it. Yeah. If you want to operate in a vanilla way like the Bengals and not flex these loopholes that are accessible to you, but that's dictated by how much fat bags you want to give out right now, that's what you make of it. You make the most of your day. You make the most of your cap. So when people say cap is a myth, I say that's cap. It's not. It's real. The cap is the cap is the cap. You do what you want with it. There's okay. loopholes, and the Jets are a prime example. You can loophole what you want with it. The Chiefs did it with Mahomes. And the Bengals, bro, you've got to do it. That, go, that's what, I agree with your theory. That's definitely what I mean. I think uh, yeah, just finding the, finding the loopholes. And the Bengals are probably the smartest right now in the NFL, I feel like, in structuring contracts. So I think once you get to that time, it, you know, it's it's going to be. And I think – I think the important thing is, you know, you get T. Higgins done now, right? You can put the contract aside for a little bit, and you can focus solely on T. Higgins. You already got your mind at rest about Joe Burrow, right? So, yeah, man, and I think a lot of people fail to realize that the reason why Jalen Hurts already got his contract extension is because the Eagles didn't have that fifth-year option, right? So the Bengals Bengals have a bit of flexibility there where they have time, right? And like you said – Got 24 hours to do. Bengals, they have they have the time right now. I think they're focused on the drafts. You know, they're not they're not too focused on on other things. Yeah. Right so I, I think I... It, exactly, bro. So you know they they've got plenty of time. And look, man, these deals are gonna get done. You know, and and I I just can't wait for the future. Like I said, I'm just imagining it now of fucking around with some ops of when Joe Burrow gets that money restructured and all of the shit they tried to build, all the narratives they've tried to push that, you know, here's how bad it's going to be for the Bengals when they have to give all their dollars to Joe and T and Jamar. And they're going to look at it. It literally, I don't think you guys are saying it just washes away. The problem just is eliminated when you give out cash and a roster bonus. And if they do that, I'm going to just look at the ops and shambles. I mean, because we're going to do what we want again <laughs> in the following offseason. Like, I mean, what what agent, what NFL agent doesn't want money straight in their pocket? Right. Uh-huh. I mean, so I mean, that that plays into effect, too. I mean, especially when we're talking about a David Mulgetta, who clearly loves his money. Right. So. I mean, you, you give him his money or, you know, that that night or that following day, he's uh-huh. a lot happier than having to get it three, four years down the line. So I think it's interesting, too, you know, how, you know, they've been able to really change the NFL, right, and contract matters, like how the Jets did, how, you know, how all these teams convert money and this and that. Like the Rams are kind of the one team that is – fate of it right now right because like you said it's what you do with it right you Mm -hmm. completely fuck yourself then you do that right you get out all your draft picks and all your capital like that's where the cap space comes into effect yeah that but then got smart teams that are moving their money move you know and that's why it's important to have smart people in your building and it it goes to show yeah That boy, that boy yawned us off this episode. So yeah, no shit, man. Yeah, that that could probably wrap it up. Uh, you got any closing thoughts, my guy? Um, nothing. I mean, I think I think you have to assume that Mixon's gonna, you know, accept the restructure. I think that news coming out from Paul Danner was was interesting via mm-hmm. the that you know Joe Mixon's probably gonna be asked, you know, to take a restructure contract or you know which he's open to right just so everybody's clear he's clearly open to and look bro like to win win. exactly and and not only to win which is of course the biggest thing i mean how great of a time has it been here for him you know you've gone through the darkness and and when it was dark you were a bright light you know like you have been i mean he's been such a big, important, positive, yeah. in the macro, positive piece for this franchise. 
let's go get that fucking ring, bro. Through all the shit that you've done, you know, and not in a negative way. I kind of came off negative for all the shit that you've been through, you know, let's go get the ring. You know, whatever that number looks like, like you, he knows where they're coming from with it. He knows why I think, at least in my opinion, you know, from the little inklings that I've heard and stuff, he gets it perfect. So let's get it done. Let's restructure and let's keep them. And, and I think a lot of people, when they hear that, right, they think of it like a kind of like a threat, right? Like, oh, if you don't take this pay cut, you're getting cut. No, exactly. Like it's cold. Yeah. Like, or we don't give a fuck. Exactly. And I think it's just, it's just in the Bengals' best interest. Yeah, how man, the, it, exactly. And it's the, so obvious. How the NFL market shakes up now, you know, with running backs. I think yeah. Joe Mixon's what making same, if not more than Saquon right now. More, more, bro. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's making two million more than Saquon. I mean, yeah, he he's got to be top five in money right now. Like it, it's it's definitely up there, you know, considering Zeke's contract evaporated. Um, he might and, be our highest cap hits this year. Bro, he's uh he's top three. Yeah. And I think it's um I think it's Trey, DJ, and Joe, if I'm not mistaken. Joe Mixon. Um I mean Joe Burrow's top six. So he's at eleven point nine straight up. Um, man, that boy's better. Man, we're finally getting into the Joey B bag now. I mean, he's starting to dip in it. I mean <laughs> it's so crazy how time flies, bro. I mean, crazy, I, man. Just every was, step of the way, man. It was just yesterday we were in Jamar Chase's rookie year, and it was just yesterday we were Joe Burrow towards ACL in his rookie year. I mean, it's it's really Dang. crazy. It is, man. Like I just I won't forget just the days I would drive over to practice and just see number nine as the rookie. And I was just like, damn, bro. Like bumping the songs I'd bump to pulling up on Longworth <laughs> hall, parking, walking my ass across the street to the bridge, you know, when COVID happened and you weren't able to stand down there. Now, now I love standing up there. Like that's where I want to stand. Uh, you know, because I can overlook everything, even though it's a distance away. I got my binoculars. I'm cool. You know, I leave whenever I want. No hustle, no baggage, no problem. You know, it. but it's like I remember writing down, you know, what I saw of Joe and just I knew, you know, I'd look back and be like, damn, bro. Like, look yeah. at all of it come to fruition. I mean, it's just, it's really cool. I mean, it's like a story, right? It's like you're living like a movie. So I think, I think it's fucking, it's just so awesome to think like, man, we really drafted this dude. Especially, you know, everybody clowning us that, you know, we missed on a guy like Mahomes. It's like, oh, well, I don't care. You know, I I literally don't care. I got it. Like, I, I do not care at all. And I, I will say you're not. You're not at the bridge, like, uh, doing anything like the Patriots, right? You're not, like, flying drones and, like... Of course not. I'm, no. I'm a... Yeah, I'm a commendable citizen. Yeah. <laughs> not not doing That's any stupid crazy. shit like that. We're 2 and 14, and you're telling me you're flying a freaking drone over my... Exactly. Bro, it was 2019, <laughs> and y'all were literally... What? Like, literally in the bowl the year before? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it's insane. You won the bowl. What the fuck? You beat the Rams, bro. Like, I don't get it. Whatever. I guess Joe Mixon was just that much of a dog. He scared you that hard. You know, but um, yeah, man. All right. You know, th- that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Sorry, guys. It was kind of all over the place. You know, me and Drake kind of spitting the shit, you know, late at night. I'm tired as fuck. I'm not going to lie. I've been um coping. I'm the definition of coping right now. From okay. staying conscious or unconscious, um, I'm super tired. <laughs> so, like, Man. there's some times where you're talking and I'm just like drifted off. I'm like, damn, I gotta get this right. Been, have you been up night all up <laughs> all night trying to figure out who we're gonna draft? Is that why? That is why, and it's gonna happen. You know, all the way up until Thursday, Thursday night. You're gonna <laughs> have a fun night trying to rush off work, my guy. Yeah, <laughs> like we said, every minute counts for you. 
I mean, who knows, bro? Maybe the second you walk out of that building, you're just going to get that notey. The Bengals draft Emmanuel Forbes. Throw the phone. Break it. Stay at work. It would be a horrible time. I think think he's going to get picked before us, man. I do. Bro, a weird part of me hopes. Just so I can tell the Bengals fans, thank you. Now you can shut the fuck up. Cheeto. Like, uh, that's one thing we didn't talk about. We could be quick. I, he's yeah. back sprinting again. Ooh, I did not see that. You didn't? Yeah. Wow. The story. Hell yeah. That's huge, man. Let's go. Got Cheeto bounce back season, bro. <laughs> I mean, let's go. Can't wait for it. Well, all right, my guy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you all for listening to another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Me and Drake, uh, we will be back with y'all uh, late Thursday night, post-draft, whatever that transpires of. 99% chance we are talking about our future, um, you know, our first-round draft pick. Or, in the 1% scenario, trade back, maybe? We'll or, see. Or Riley Moss. In the first round, or, or Riley Moss in the first round. Yeah, oh man, bro, I've got so much funny shit to tell you about Riley Moss. Just little tidbits me and my dumbass friends were making up, but uh, that's definitely some shit I'll tell you. But yeah, man, lots of fun shit, and we will be back with y'all on Thursday night. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Peace. Peace.